Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. A series titled Raised to Life. And really what we've committed to do is to work through verse by verse the entire book of Ephesians, okay? So, man, it's been so good. And, and, and here's what I love. My whole life I've done topical preaching, and, and, and I think it's a fruitful thing to do, but I think about painting a wall, right? And if, and if we just go through the topics that we want to touch on, then I might paint the wall a little here. I might splat it over here. But what's, what was so fruitful about going verse by verse is we just paint that wall nice and even. There's nothing we can skip. We can't, we can't skip hell, right? We can't skip the devil. We can't, stick, we, we can't skip demonic. We got to talk about it all, right? Whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable, we're going to address it and we're going to move through it. And I really believe as we go through this book verse by verse, our hearts are going to burst, right? We're, we're going we're gonna to come alive. And we're going to be raised to life, reminded of how we've been raised to life. I feel like this has been so fruitful. If you were here last week, Pastor Ryan brought an awesome word, even used an illustration. I'm like, bro, that's the last time you preach for a while because I'm about to lose my job. Come on. I'm like, who are you, man? That was incredible. And glory to God, not glory to Ryan, but Lord used him in a powerful way. He, he kind of camped out on this verse um, from Ephesians chapter 1. He closed out the chapter, but he, he kind of honed in on verses 18 through 19, and it said this. This was Paul writing to the, the, the church of Ephesus, and he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And Pastor Ryan, he, he took us through Paul's prayer over Ephesus, and he, he talked about each one of these things Paul was addressing as he prayed uh, over the Ephesians. But, but Paul specifically prayed that the, the people of Ephesus would be awakened to the great power that's at work within them through Jesus. And man, that is our prayers, your pastors, that is our prayer for this house, that our hearts would be, the eyes of our heart would be open to the fact that God's power is at work within us with great boldness and great passion. Pastor Ryan, he told us, stop neglecting the power that's at work within us and it's time to plug in. Amen. Everybody say plug in plug in. Come on. So Ephesians 1 was incredible. Um, I feel accomplished getting through one chapter of the Bible together. Come on. That was a lot of work, y'all. That was a lot of work, but we did it. Y'all ready for chapter two? All right. I'm fired up for it. So man, I'm believing God's going to use it in uh, mighty ways. Before I pray, I want to share what our key scripture is going to be this morning. Ephesians 2, you can turn there with me. We'll have it on the screen as well, but we're going to be in verses one through five. And it says this, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. This is already good, huh? Verse three, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and its thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath but because of his great love, come on, somebody say amen right there, come on, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions, and it is by grace 
you have been saved. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, God, as we go through your word, I pray right now you would till the soil of our hearts. God, open the eyes of our heart. Enlighten us, Lord. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. We want to know you more. We want greater intimacy with you. We want a greater relationship with you, Jesus. And I pray as we go through your word right here, uh, I, I believe it's alive and active. I pray that it would, it, its transformative power would be at work. I, I pray that it would, the seed of your word would grow roots in our heart and it would grow to produce fruit in our lives. Father, I pray this house would raise up believers who are mighty soldiers for your kingdom. We love you, we praise you, and we ask it in your mighty name. Amen. So as we open up chapter two of Ephesians here, Paul begins with the harsh reality of who the Ephesians are, and really this is true about who we are without faith in Jesus Christ. When we don't believe in Jesus, he says this is who you are. This is, this is the reality of, of your soul, of your spiritual being. And Paul opens up Ephesians chapter two by saying, as for you, you were dead. Everyone say dead. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. He's talking about the enemy, the demonic powers of Satan. So I wanna jump right into our first point, if that's okay. Get, get right into it right off the bat. If you're taking notes, here's point number one. We are born spiritually dead. We are born spiritually dead. Paul tells us you were dead in your transgressions and sin. We were born spiritually and morally dead. Now, maybe in the present age, in this, in this physical realm that we live in, me and you right now, in this, in this we, we talked about the two realms we're a part of that are overlapping right now, that the heavenly realms and then this physical or this present age. And right now we live in the both where we can see the physical, we can interact in the physical, but what we don't understand is right now there's angels at work. There's demonic powers at work. There's a whole spiritual realm that is affecting the physical realm that we're in right now. So right now in the physical, we, we can see, we're alive, we can talk, we can interact, we can work, we can eat. We're, we're alive physically, but in the heavenly realms, without a relationship with Jesus, you're dead. There's no power over Satan. And, and you're enslaved to his ways. You're enslaved to your transgressions and sins. We as humans were born spiritually dead. And in our nature, we're sinful, we're selfish, and we're rebellious. Is anyone encouraged this morning? Come on. But can I be real? Can I tell it how it is? Can I give you truth this morning as your pastor? And when we journey back into the garden of Genesis, or, or in Genesis, Adam and Eve, they, they eat the forbidden fruit, and, and instantly uh, the world is polluted and contaminated uh, with sin. Humanity is now infected with sin. And what we see from that point on is the truth that the seed of man, the seed of man, right, is now infected with, with, with the sin of man. The seed of man carries the sin of man. Literally, God curses humanity after Adam and Eve. They, they eat the fruit, right? And, and we see one of the specific curses that God lays upon woman is that birth, the pains of birth, would actually intensify. 
that they, it would actually hurt more to give birth. And I think part of the reason that was the curse is, is because it was this constant reminder. I know this is kind of depressing stuff, but that, that each time we were giving birth, that we were giving birth to sin. Sin was being replicated. We were infected. It was sin. Was, we were born spiritually dead. It was, it was a reminder of that. Sin being passed on generation to generation. And this is why it's so vital in the story of the Messiah, the story of Jesus, that he be birthed through a virgin, right? Mary, a virgin representing purity, uninfected by the seed of man, untouched by the seed of man. She wasn't impregnated by the seed of man because man's seed carried sin, right? So Mary was instead impregnated by the seed of the Holy Spirit, which was in Mary being a virgin, uninfected, colliding with, with, with the seed of the Spirit was the perfect concoction for the Messiah to be born. This is why Jesus was born sinless, but, but also fully man, coming from a woman, right? And then fully divine, coming from the seed of the Spirit, fully God fully human, fully God, Messiah. Jesus, he wasn't polluted by the sin of man. And, and you and I, I'm assuming it's safe to say, unless you got something to tell Pastor Mark, you, you were born from a human mom and a human dad, <laughs> okay? If not, get up here and start. <laughs> but, but that makes the harsh reality true that we're infected, man. We're polluted, we have this issue of sin that needs to be dealt with, that needs to be paid for. There, there's nothing subtle about Paul's approach here. Paul is instead, he's emphasizing the spiritual plight and the tragedy of who the Ephesians are outside of their relationship with Jesus. He's saying, y'all are sinful. You're, you're dead. You're, you're dead. I, I know we can talk and interact, but you're dead. And Paul continues to say, he goes, I could tell you were dead, I could tell you were slave to your transgressions. You were slave to your sin by the way that you lived your life. I could see it in your actions and in your thoughts and in your words and in the way you behaved. Paul's saying, I, I could tell you didn't have power over your sin. I could tell you were slave to it. So we see in Ephesians 2, 3, if you guys are in your Bibles, you can turn with me. Again, it'll be on the board. But he writes this, he says, all of us, so he's talking about Jew and Gentile, right? All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. All of us gratified the cravings of our flesh at one time. And we followed its desires and its thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. We are not born good, church. We all are in need of a savior. If we don't believe it, I mean, th this is the reason we all need Jesus right? We, can, we can't perform our way to heaven. We can't, we can't perform our way into being better, right? We're all broken. We're all in need of a savior. He's saying we were by nature all deserving of wrath, all unfit for the standard of heaven, which is pureness, right? Perf perfection. 
Paul is saying, look, it, it wasn't just all of you in the Ephesus. It wasn't just you Gentiles. He's saying us Jews too, before Jesus, we all suffered through the same spiritual plight, the same spiritual condi condition broken in need of a savior. Paul's saying, look, all of us were born broken. All of us were born sinful. Paul says before Jesus, we were gratifying the desires of our flesh. We lived in it. We were slave to it. We were slaves to our flesh. We followed its desires. We welcomed its thoughts. But, but, but I want to park in, in a part of verse 3 here. It says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following its desires. Following its desires. You'll see Paul use this word quite a bit in the New Testament. He, he, he refers to the flesh, gratifying the cravings of the flesh. The flesh is the unregenerate uh, uh, um, state of human beings. It's, it's, it's our natural tendency to oppose God, right? To rebel against the spirit of God, to do what we know is wrong. But something supernatural happens when we come into relationship with Jesus where we're made new, Right, the, the spirit of God that carries desires and convictions, the, the same we talked about a couple weeks, that spirit of God that searches the deep things of God is now at work in me, and it's at work within you, giving us new desires, giving us new thoughts, in, in essence, changing our behavior. We're in relationship with Jesus now. Something happens in our spirit. Something happens in our life, right? But, but I think we're all victim to the war that's taking place though, because evil still exists in the heavenly realms. Until Jesus comes back, e evil's still at work. The flesh is still at work and there's this tug of war, right? Even Paul said, why do I do the things I don't wanna do? You know, this, this tug of war and, and he even writes about, it. there's this battle between the, the spirit of God at work within us, the spirit and the flesh and they're, and they're warring on the inside of us and Paul writes about this in Galatians 5. So good, uh, Galatians 5, 16 through 21. It's another letter Paul wrote, but he said this. He says, so I say to you, he says, walk by the Spirit. Everyone say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay, verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is contrary to the flesh. There, there's that war. There's that tug of war. There's that tension that we see. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want, but you are led, but when you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Paul's saying there's a real war happening inside of me and inside of you. Every day, all day long, I think we have a million little decisions to make choosing the flesh or the spirit. This war is constant. This battle is constant. The Holy Spirit at work within us empowers us. It guides us to live a life that is honoring and pleasing to the Lord, to, to live a life that's led by the Holy Spirit. But until Christ returns, until he comes back and evil is completely destroyed, our flesh and our spirit, unfortunately, they coexist. They coexist. There's this war. Come on, anyone ever been frustrated, battling thoughts of like, why do I still struggle with this? Why haven't I, no one wants to nod, like, no, not me, no. Can Pastor Mark say, I've had these moments, why do I still struggle with this? I don't want this. I, I want to be pure, I want to live righteous, I want to live holy, I want to honor God with everything I, why do I still struggle with this? It's frustrating at times, 
Like, why, why do I have a desire for this? I don't know, maybe you're sitting in the room like, man, you know you need to put the smoking down, right? You, you, you know you need to leave the bottle alone. You know you need to be better with your eyes. You know you need to serve your wife better, whatever. It can be so irritating to have these two desires at war on the inside of you thinking there's this part of me that wants to live a life that honors God, but there's also part of me that just loves sin. I love it. I choose it. I feel so weak and fragile when temptation comes around. I just feel like it can just consume me sometimes. And, and maybe some of these things, they resonate with us, right? So, so, so they resonate and, and we find ourselves struggling and warring against some of these acts of the flesh. And, and Paul in his letter to Galatians, he says, so you have the flesh and you, and you have the spirit at war with each other. And he starts to talk about what the flesh looks like. But here's the deal. I don't have to tell y'all what the flesh looks like. I don't think Paul had to tell them what the flesh looks like. I think we know when we're choosing the flesh, but I'm still going to read it. So there's no excuses in the room. Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21, he said, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Okay, time to search our hearts. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Maybe, maybe we find ourselves in this season flirting with a spouse that isn't our own. Maybe we find ourselves slaves to our tempers, unleashing our anger on our coworkers, our friends, or our family. Maybe, maybe we look at what the family or, or that couple has and we burn with envy thinking, man, nothing I have is worth anything. I have no value. I don't have that. It doesn't look like that. I I hate them. We're envious, consumed by comparison and envy. And Paul's talking to these believers who, who have always been part of these pagan religions and beliefs when, he, when he's writing to the Galatians. And some of these people, you know, maybe they're coming from religions or, or traditions where some of these things were unaddressed or, or even encouraged. Yeah, go have orgies in the temple. That's what we do in this religion, right? So he, he's addressing some of these things. But Paul is saying, that's not who we are. That's not who we are. That's who we were, right? That, that's who we used to be. We were slaves to our evil. We were deserving of wrath. We used to love sin, but now we found a greater love, amen? Now I live a life empowered by God's spirit at work within me. I live with a new zeal, a new fervor to love Jesus, to pursue Jesus in every aspect of my life right? And I know when I give into my lust, that's not me loving Jesus well. Me, me, me turning to, you know, hanging out with the crew and drinking too many, that's not me loving Jesus well. Me bursting with anger on my family or my friends is not me loving Jesus well. This is not what it looks like for a believer to walk by the Spirit, to live a life empowered by the Spirit. This is someone who has chosen to love the flesh. And remember, in Ephesians 1, it says the spirit, right? The, the work of the spirit, the spirit at work within us is our guarantee that eternity has been purchased for us. Now, church, I'm not saying we won't stumble. I'm not saying we won't get it wrong. Come on, you're, you're looking at the man who, who, who gets it wrong, amen? 
But, but I will challenge you with this thought here. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Maybe the reason we can't find freedom is because we're more in love with sin than we are with Jesus and the things of the Spirit. Maybe we just love our sin more, and I know that sounds harsh, but maybe that's just the truth. The only thing powerful enough to move us away from something we love is a greater love, something we love more. And as spirit-filled believers who are passionately in love with Jesus, there should be, everyone say should be, evidential fruit in our lives. When we live a life submitting, right, abiding by, walking with God's spirit, there should be evidential fruit in our lives. Everybody say walk by the spirit. Y'all just said my second point, congratulations. You're, you're a helpful crowd this morning. So point two, walk by the spirit. Galatians 5, through 25, it says, Paul goes on, he said, that's what the flesh looks like, but, but this is what the, the fruits of the spirit look like. This is, this is God's intention, this is God's heart, this is what God desires his believers to live in. But the fruit of the spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's forbearance, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Um, those who belong to Jesus Christ, they've crucified the flesh, right? And that's that key. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And, and I really believe we, we can try and white knuckle it and try really hard and focus on it and make sure we don't do it. Or we can just fall in love with something greater. We, we can love something more, Right? So honestly, I don't really spend a whole lot of time even, even looking at this or worrying about this. I'm so in love, right? Like I just, man, I just, I want to express my love. I, I want to love you well for the way that you've loved me. He says, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And then he's, verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So as we look back at verse 3, we see that, um, you know, he, he says, um, all of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh, gratifying the, the cravings of the flesh and following its desires. But then Paul also writes to the Ephesians. We're, we're back in Ephesians. We're out of Galatians. Back in the Ephesians letter. Okay, just in case y'all are having a hard time following me. We're, we're back there. He says, but, but following its desires and thoughts. We, we weren't just in need of, of modif modified behavior, but the flesh, this war, it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than just influencing our actions, right? Paul tells us that there's even thoughts we need victory over, and that's where it starts. He's, he's insinuating there's this renewal of the mind that needs to take place. Come on, if you've ever been to church before, maybe you've heard it. Maybe you're familiar with it, Romans 12, 2, but, I, but I'm still gonna read it because it's, it's edifying. Come on, it says this, uh, Romans 12, 2. It says, don't cop, this is also Paul writing, not another letter, different letter. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. Don't do it. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And, and I know I touched on this earlier, but we even, we even talked a couple weeks ago about how the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God, and then that spirit is at work within us, giving us new desires, giving us new thoughts, giving us new convictions that are honoring and glorifying the same Holy Spirit at work within us is, is that same Spirit that knows the deep things of God. We partner with the Holy Spirit to receive victory over our flesh. And I want y'all to know we can have victory over our flesh. And we may not be perfect. We may not always get it right. But some of us have bowed down and just decided to choose the flesh. Not anymore, man. Come on, we're Jesus followers, empowered by his Holy Spirit. Man, I, I'm going to stop focusing on this. I'm going to start focusing on loving God well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my, I'm going to partner with the Holy Spirit to have new thoughts, to have new convictions, to be sensitive to those convictions. Amen. So, so I say all that to say Paul is emphasizing in, in, these, in these, this short little passage, this little selection of scripture. He says, there was a time we loved the flesh. There was a time we craved evil. We were born enslaved to the devil, dead in our sin, deserving of wrath, unfit for the standard of heaven, unfit to be in the presence of a holy, glorified God. We weren't able, Right? But then verse four, he says, but because of his great love, come on with somebody shout, because of his great love. Aren't you thankful this morning? We serve a God who raised you to life, who raised me to life. When I was born spiritually dead, when I was in need of a savior, I had a God who said, I love you, boy. I'm gonna rip you up out of the grave. Come on, but because of his great love, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It wasn't anything you did. It wasn't your performance. It wasn't how good you were. No, it was his love that reached down in the grave and ripped you out. Verse six, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms with Jesus. Somebody say, I'm alive. Come on, somebody say, I'm alive like you mean it. Last point, verse three, or, or point three. We are only made alive in Christ. Y'all, there's no other way. The, the thing we were created through, the thing we were created for, the whole reason you're sitting in this seat this morning, you got breath in your lungs. This is, this is the whole thing you were created for man, this, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. He's the only one who makes us alive. And outside of him, there's, there's nothing. And, and in these, I know I, I bled into verse six, but in verses five and six, uh, we ultimately discover three life-altering truths that I, I really briefly want to share with you. But it's entirely due to our relationship with Jesus. God has accomplished three events spiritually for believers um, through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and, and here's the first one. One, he, he made us alive. He made us alive. Far more than anything else, a spiritually dead person, a, a spiritually dead person, which is what we all are outside of Jesus, right? We need to be, a, be made alive by God. 
When, when we put our faith in Jesus, God saves us by his kindness and his mercy and his grace, right? Sa- salvation, it, it brings us up out of the grave. And what's amazing is the same power that raises, believer, uh, uh, raises a believer out of death and, and makes them alive is the same power that energizes and empowers us to live a life that honors and glorifies God right now in the physical present age that we're a part of now have a living, everyone say living, a living relationship with Jesus. It's alive. It's active. He ministers. He speaks. He's tender. He's, you know, he disciplines us. It's it's a relationship, you know. And then we continue on to verse six. And so, so one, he made us alive. Two, he raised us up. He raised us up. There will be a day when Christ comes back and we'll physically be raised up from the grave and we'll receive our new heavenly bodies when, when Christ returns and evil will be destroyed. But in the here and now, in the present age, in this physical realm that we do see, um, that we currently live in, we are spiritually raised to life. We are made new. We, we experience a spiritual resurrection, although... Uh, um, you know, even though we're in the present and, and physical realm. And, and then the final part of this verse uh, teaches us the third thing, and it's that he seated us. So we have, he made us alive, he raised us up, and three, he seated us. He seated us in the spiritual realm, in the realm we can't see, but that's still at work. God, through Jesus, has, has seated us with Jesus. So what does that mean? What does that mean for me as a believer alive right now on earth right now? What, what does that mean? It means that uh, in, in the heavenly realms, um, uh, we've been elevated. God has elevated our rank. He's elevated our power. He's elevated our character. He's allowed us to join with, with Christ, right? To take part in his preeminent glory, right? In, in the heavenly realms where God reigns, but but for the time Satan rules in the heavenly realms, we've gained victory victory through Jesus Christ over demonic powers, over the enemy. So it doesn't matter if he rules in the heavenly realms. We've gotten victory over him in that. Amen? Come on, that's good news. Jesus bullies demonic powers. Jesus bullies the flesh. Jesus defeated death. Amen? So, so here's the deal. The, the whole reason the whole reason I answered God's call to be a pastor and a preacher, it's my favorite thing in life. I love doing this every week, but the whole reason I did it, the, the one thing that this brings me more joy than anything else in life is leading people to Jesus. It's connecting you with the whole reason you were created. Right, It's helping your heart be awakened to the fact that there's a God that loves you. You're spiritually dead right now, but he made you alive. Come on. I want to help open your eyes to that. There's nothing better for me as a leader and a pastor than watching people experience new life in Christ. And maybe you're in this room this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never never acknowledged him as Lord in your life. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. And I'm believing that there's going to be some souls that are ripped up out of the grave this morning. So with eyes closed, head bowed. If that's you, you're ready to step into a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, would you put your hand up in the air right now? I want to say a prayer with you. If that's you, come on. If he's tugging on your heart right now, if that's you, say, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, y'all, let's stand up. I want to say this prayer together. 
Bible says you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. So every week we take time to do exactly that, to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, Jesus is Lord. When we deserve nothing, he gave us everything. All right, would you repeat after me? Jesus, we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. We're never going back. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and make us new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.